I think in the past, it was a thing where it was like, oh, I'm gonna spend all this time developing a 60 second video. I'm gonna, I have a $10,000 budget to make it perfect, but that's no longer the case. I think in 2023, it's very much just you and your cell phone, you're recording, your editing is done on the app. It doesn't have to be, uh, it doesn't have to be well-produced. It doesn't have to be um, over the top by any means and that allows you to spend more time just putting out content. In the past, it was quality over quantity, and now 100% in 2023, it's all about quantity over quality. Get out as much as you can. I post three times a day on TikTok, one time a day on, on Instagram, and that's what works for me and my niche. But if you're running a business and you aren't posting three to five times a day, seven days a week on TikTok, you're falling behind. Hello, my friends. Welcome to Word Made Digital. I'm your host, Joanna Fleur. And on this episode, we got the second episode of the year. We're talking to Zach Windell. He's been on the podcast before. I don't know if you recognize his name, but he is the one who wrote the Bible study and leads or led a company called The Brand Sunday. But we got him back on the podcast today because there's been some changes for him and we're going to get into it. We're going to learn a lot from him about TikTok as well as practical strategies for how he does it. He's going to break it down for us how he produces so much content and has built quite a large following and influence on social media with this kind of system and structure. I think you're going to find it super helpful today. Can't wait to get this episode to you. Thanks so much, of course, to our sponsors who are making this possible. Compassion Canada, who are back again for another season, as well as the Canadian Bible Society, because they've got a new podcast called Scripture Untangled. More about them later. But as a reminder about Zach, as we said, he's all about how to break the internet with good news. And so we're talking to him today about good news in bad times. We're talking to him about how he breaks down his strategy for TikTok, how he gets so much content out. And he's a one person team doing it. I think that's something that's going to be really helpful to us in this podcast. And hey, if you're um, listening to this audio, we would love for you to rate or subscribe or just rate and review this podcast. It helps more people find it. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, we would love for you to hit that subscribe button and we'd love for you to comment, share, ask some questions, engage with the content here. We would love to, to make this a bit more interactive. So wherever you're checking it out, please do interact back and forth with us. Just makes us create better content for you and helps other people find it. All right, now here is the conversation with Zach Windall. Zach Windall, welcome back to Word Made Digital. I'm pumped to have you. Thank you so much. It's so great to see you. I'm, I'm ecstatic to be here. Um, it was so fun to see um, you come out with another book, i.e. another excuse to talk because like yeah. a ton has gone on um, <laughs> since we had you on the podcast previously. So maybe before we get ahead of ourselves, let's introduce you. Not not everyone's listened to the first conversation that we had. Who are you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My name is Zach Windall. I'm an author, speaker, business owner, um, all the things. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota with my wife, G, and our dog, Nyla, a little mini Bernadoodle. We got like a foot of snow the last day. So it is, we are, we are, uh, uh, crammed into the house right now <laughs> on lockdown. 
How does the dog feel about the snow? My dog is not impressed. <laughs> yeah, she loves it. She just wants to run in it and all the snow gets stuck to her fur. Right. And then yeah, the mom and dad fur. don't love it. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it is what it is. Well, okay. When we last talked, I mean, yeah. I'm, I think the dog was already in your life. That's not a new yes. thing. But like, there's been this big shift that you announced yeah. um, to do with the brand Sunday. So can you tell us, a, let's, what has happened? And then I, yeah. I would love to take some time before we get into, and, and probably it's related. We're, we want to talk about this book, See the Good that you just come out with. But I yeah. feel like it's got to weave and interplay with the story of what's going on with your work, your business, yeah. your life right now. Absolutely. What has happened in the last couple of months? Totally. So I spent the last five years building a business called The Brand Sunday. Um, it revolved around a product called The Bible Study, which ended up helping like 400,000 people grow closer to God and understand the Bible better. And mm -hmm. we really built this business around it that just developed products to help people grow in their faith. And we got a lot of attention um, for that business over the last few years, specifically, just because we did things a little different. We focused all on social media. We focused on uh, building it as an e-commerce brand versus um, a traditional brand. And we ended up winning Inc. 5000. We were number 63 fastest growing business in America. We were the number four fastest growing consumer product in America, wow. which is like, that blows my mind. I mean, I wrote this, <laughs> I wrote the first book in my parents' basement and just to see like how, what it transformed into and how it helped so many people. And the fact that we got nationwide business recognition is pretty incredible to me. Yeah. And so that was announced in August. And during the same time, I was in conversation with a publisher um, uh, regarding an acquisition of some of our products. And so it kind of all just came through around the same time. So we ended up um, selling the Bible study product suite to Baker Publishing. And they, uh, they have a lot of sales channels that we didn't have access to. Right. And so we have an incredible partnership with them where, um, we have our knowledge of e-commerce and social media, and they have their knowledge of traditional sales channels. And so being able to partner with somebody that we really believe can take it to another level was massive for us. And, um, just really exciting to see, um, where it's going to go in the future and what that, what that that holds. Yeah. And I mean, was this all part of the master plan? Were you trying to build something to sell? Cause that's what some people do. Like yeah. when we talk about this, the entrepreneurial side of this, I have another friend who just announced yesterday the sale of his business. Yeah. Um, and, and he had always said, I don't want to sell. I want to keep control of this. Sure. This is my baby. And then the right thing came along and he did end up selling. So totally. was that was that your plan? You were trying to build something you know, it's funny. to attract I, those traditional publishers? As like a young entrepreneur, you just figure things out as you go. So <laughs> right, right. I didn't even know that that was an option until huh. about a year ago. I was meeting with um, one of our mentors and somebody that uh, really spoke into our business. And he was like, he's like, would you ever consider selling? And I was like, I don't even know what that means. Like mm, <laughs> that yeah. wasn't from, from my perspective, entrepreneurship was just starting a business and running it and going with it. And there wasn't like an exit strategy by any means. And so then I really got my eyes open to this whole other side of entrepreneurship. And I kind of fell in love with it. I think it's super cool to do, to 
be able to build something to the best of your ability. And I don't, I, I think there's a lot of people that are way smarter than I am with business. And so just being able to partner with somebody that can take it to another level is like, that just makes sense to me. And yeah. so the process ends up being a, an acquisition most of the time. Well, and, and I don't know if you find this, um, but there's stuff for everyone who leads, like, you know, when you're starting a business, you're all the things, you're the HR and the marketing and the, uh, you know, the, the management of the people and the sales team, you're, you know, whatever, every, you're the accountant, every part of the business is you. For sure. And then, um, some of that's like great in the beginning, but it starts to grow beyond yourself. And, and obviously this grew like, quicker, quicker than you could have expected it to. And then there's this stuff that you start to do that you don't like the thing that you, that maybe do you resonate with this? Like the thing that you love that got you started. Now you're spending so much time managing other stuff that has nothing to do with the thing that you love. Yes. And like, uh, do you feel like now you've been freed up to do the thing you love? Like to focus on the part you're best at maybe is another way of saying it. I think early on, I had that understanding, I think in the first year that we started, because I was working a full-time job for the first two years of the business. And so I'm working 40, 50 hours a week for a company and then running this on the side. And we were paying 17 other people to run the business before I took a dollar for myself. And so we really built it up um, as this side hustle where it was like a full-blown machine of people running it. And I did it that way because I I wanted the safety net of of uh, a job at that point. And also is like, why not see how far somebody else can take it? Because there are so many people that I felt were better at, at a lot of these things than I was. I love developing products. I love creating things and being hands-on with that, but I don't love uh, answering emails and customer service and things like that. So it was like early on, it was like, let me just hire that out and put the money that we're making in the business directly back into it and uh, allow people that are really good and talented in those, in those lanes to run with it. And so as we grew and grew, I hired a COO about two years ago that kind of took over all of the operations for me, which allowed me to just focus on product creation. And that was probably the greatest um, hire that I, I could have I, I could have done because it was like, okay, that really frees me up to focus on what I want to. And um, he just, he uh, crushed it and brought it to another level and then uh, worked with us through the acquisition. And like, let's talk about that guy because it's these key hires. Do you feel like, um, did you feel like you knew what you were doing? Were you, I mean, you're making this up as you go, like, I mean, some of it's just looking back in hindsight, but, um, you know, a lot of people, you, you don't know what you're doing and you end up hiring the wrong people up front and they, they maybe like, like, I see a lot of people who say like, oh, we got set back like a year because we hired the wrong, not necessarily that they were bad people, but the wrong kinds of people. And so, you know, how, how did you, I mean, was that you were getting advice, you lucked out, God was with you. Like, how do you, I don't know, how do you characterize, how'd you find these good people? (laughs) I, Everybody that I ever hired, I had a relationship with from uh, some sometime in the past. And so that meant hiring a lot of my friends or people that I just really trusted in and believed in. And so I was lucky enough and blessed enough to have that um, opportunity. And I think from there, it just like, it just 
came down to me having faith in them and allowing mm-hmm. them to run with it. Yeah. I'm a very hands-off boss. So I allow people to like, okay, I'm going to show you the vision of where we're going and I'm going to let you figure out how we're going to get there. And then I'm going to trust that you do a good job and you think on my behalf. And I think I spend, I spent so much time with the people that I uh, worked with and, and chose to hire that they really understood the way that I think. And, and that was really intentional because then when it came down to making decisions, they knew what I would do in the moment. And then they would make that decision on my behalf. Yeah. I love that. Cause of course, like, you know, nobody wants to be the micromanager who's like telling everybody how to do their job, but, but yeah, finding people who care and are like passionate and care about what you're doing as much as you do. But then like, even, you know, uh, in the behind the scenes world, after we last spoke, you sent me and I've now been able to to kind of like give away some of this stuff. Like you yeah. sent me this package of products and yeah. like the way it was packaged, the way it was branded, the way uh the way you were so generous. Um it left a uh, impression on me and I can only imagine like what that would feel like if you're the boss who is working with people daily. Like like yeah. I feel like I understand your brand better. <laughs> In the ways yeah. that you and I have interacted very briefly in in yeah. the few times we've talked. And so totally. uh, like there is a strength to that that I think is really unique. Um, you. When you talk about this kind of like, uh, you know, it's I guess what I'm trying to ask you ultimately is about this reverse engineering of yeah. your business plan. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> um, you know, you know, what was done with foresight and what is like looking back, oh yeah, that was a good decision. That was, that led us to, you know, ultimately being able to yeah. like this, as you say, like one of the the fastest growing products and companies yeah. selling, like this is an unbelievable success story. <laughs> and in some ways, of course, of, like God is so involved in it I, yeah. and we want to give credit where credit's due, but, yeah. but there's this way that you had to work and build this thing. Yeah. Was it all just like, <laughs> like making it up as you went? Like what was, was it, you know, how did the, you know, yeah. let, let's do, let's talk about that reverse engineering. Yeah. I love, I love the concept of reverse engineering because I think it's so important. And I think, I think more people need to understand that is like, okay, if you want to release a product or you, you want to write a book or you want to release a business, you need to break it down. Okay. If you want to release it in six months, what do you need to do in the next three months? And yeah. then from there, what do you you need to do every single week. Mm -hmm. And then from there, what do you need to do every single day? And I think if people do that, they realize that hitting these end goals isn't that big and overwhelming as it comes across in the first place. And so um, I'm a big advocate on that. And so when it came to our business, honestly, I just didn't know where we were going to go and how big it could actually become. And so I... I tried a lot of stuff. I hire out a lot of people. I do a lot of marketing. I spend a lot of money and I fail a ton. But Mm. it's through that process that you learn where things do work. It's like in the industry, it's called like A-B testing. So you see, uh, you, you do multiple things, you see which one works and then whichever one does work, you go all in on it. And so if we put out 20 ads on social media and 18 of them are a flop, but two of them do well. And we were going to spend a hundred thousand dollars on ad spend. You're now going to take the money that you would have spent on the 18 bad ones. And you just cipher it into the two. And now you're 
50,000 on each of those for the month and they're going to grow. And so I really think we just look at what's performing in the moment and then just put all of our chips in those areas. And not a lot of people have that ability. The nice thing about e-commerce and the way that we've done things is that we're able to see the impact of our, um, of our testing every single day. And so when you're working with a major organization, that's typically not the case. You might get your numbers every three months or every six months. But for us, we have... We were using a dashboard called Triple Whale, which literally just pulled in all of the um, content from every space that we were running ads and we could see how they're performing in real time every single day. So it's like, man, okay, we're testing out all this stuff right now. Is it actually working? Well, yes or no, because we're getting the data on this dashboard. And I think by having that, you're able to test all day, every single day and try a bunch of different stuff and then go all in on it. And so I think that approach for everything that I work on now is just how I'm going about things. Cause it's like, yeah, if, if I, I have 20 ideas of how to market something, but who knows if any of them are going to work, but you try them all. And the, when you find the one that does work, just move all of your attention to that and then replicate that a hundred times. It's like my TikTok, for instance. We've grown my TikTok to like 175,000 in the last 11 months or 275,000, sorry, in the last 11 months because I found what works and then I replicate it every single day and it just continues to grow. And that's how you that's how you build a brand. You find what people in the industry are interested in and then just do the same thing a hundred times over. Yeah. I hear this, the way you're describing it is like, uh, like obsession with data. Yeah, <laughs> Give for sure. me like the facts are your friend. Like, totally. Oh, this didn't work. Like we're, it's not about, yeah. it's not about looking at failure. It's about what you're getting information yeah. from, from everything that's working or not working. Yeah. And I think I'm not I hearing. It. Yeah. I do it to a fault, I think, um, because I'm very much like, okay, the numbers are the only thing that speak to me. And so like, it's cute if we're trying a bunch of stuff, but at the end of the day, if we aren't seeing results, then you're like, you're wasting my time. And as like savage as that may sound, it's just the way that you have to be in business. A lot of the time it's like, great. If you're, if you're trying to get a bunch of, of sales and it's not working, well, obviously you're doing something wrong there. And so you need to find what does work and then go all in on that. And that can be kind of cutthroat and it's not for everybody. And it may not be the most graceful way of doing things, but from my past experience with businesses and where I've worked and who my bosses were and how I was raised, it's like the only thing that speaks to me is results. Hmm. Well, and in that, I think, uh, particularly when we're, ta- we're talking about a Bible study product. Yeah. We're talking about a product that is um, to help people connect with God, to help people totally. understand scripture for themselves and to want to get into this book that can feel super overwhelming. Yeah. And so um, I think there can be this hesitation in Christian content world to yeah. be this direct about what you're saying. It's like yeah. we're like so many products fail because like we're afraid to be good at it. Sure. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I'm trying to say? Totally. Um, yeah. 
and how have you, I don't know if you've heard feedback about that or how you look at that, because I think there are a lot of, whether it's a quote unquote product or it's a service or it's a, a, a Christian charitable initiative that's trying to do amazing stuff in the world. If you don't know how to talk about it and no one will get involved, even if it's the, you know, most meaningful, you know, life changing thing. So how have you wrestled with that as like, because it can sound crass as a Christian, how do you, how do you kind of navigate that world in like a Christian product? Yeah, yeah. And I think the only reason that I go into the details is because we're talking business. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's not something that I would like if we were on a church podcast, it would be a completely different conversation. But I'm I'm a business guy and I see things from a business perspective. And I think God calls us to be excellent in all that we do. And I think uh the Christian market often fails in that lane because mm-hmm. we we think we we think things are going to succeed just because they're Christian and just because God placed it on your heart. But if you have an awful product, it's going to remain an awful product and people <laughs> aren't going to buy it. And yeah. that's like that's the truth of the matter. Is like there like you need to you need to do things the right way and you need to make it sellable and you need to brand it properly and yeah. market properly and. Yeah. Or the opposite. You have a great product, but because you're afraid to use a business approach, nobody's going to buy it. Nobody's going to get the like ministry results from it. The like, (laughs) because uh, you're too shy about it. And then people like give an excuse of, oh, well, uh, maybe it's not God's time. Well, maybe you just didn't do it properly. Maybe yeah. like you should have just like spent more time making it an incredible product instead of mm. just a good product. And I think so often everybody has an idea for a product. Everybody has an idea for a book or a song or whatever the case. But in reality, the product itself is a very minimal portion of the success of the product. It's 10, 20% in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think so much of it has to do with how you brand it, what the message is and how you get it out there. If, if, you have a file on your computer, it's going to just remain a file on your computer unless other people see it. And so I think, I think learning how to brand and market things properly and in a really good way is the only way to get the product out there. Otherwise, it's just going to remain a file on your computer. Quick break from the conversation with Zach Windahl because we're talking about what he's doing, of course, with what he's created with the Bible study and the brand Sunday and getting content out there. But I want to talk to you about something else because the Bible can be overwhelming. It can feel confusing and maybe even hard to believe. But Scripture Untangled is a new podcast by the Canadian Bible Society. And they're bringing you interviews with culture leaders, leaders in ministry, Bible thinkers, artists, all to help you be inspired to dive into the Bible for yourself and understand it. You can listen for free and subscribe to Scripture Untangled wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening to this one. And you can also visit scriptureuntangled.ca for more info. Scripture Untangled is the podcast. So like, let's talk about the the social media side of things because it's a huge topic. I think a lot of people listening feel kind of frustrated right now because the like, the shifting sands, like obviously there's, there's a huge shift in the last year, 2022 into 2023 
around like how social media works and what works on social media. People are seeing like decreases in views and engagement specifically Instagram seems to be a crapshoot. So, you know, you grew a, you've grown a huge following. You talk about the TikTok thing as well. Um, I mean, I, is that, is that your primary, um, kind of entry point for new customers? Like, like is social media where you're, I mean, you're doing ads and stuff like that, but, but is that where you're seeing sort of that building of trust? Yeah. And, um, maybe, I don't know if you want to say, when you talk about the AB testing, what's something that didn't work? What's something yeah. that you felt like did work? I'd love to, sure. to, and it doesn't have to be even recent. Like it could be something from two years ago that you tried and worked or didn't work. Love to, yeah. to hear about how you think about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think as Christians, we need to do a better job at being at the forefront of culture and knowing mm-hmm. what's, what's working for people and what isn't. If we want to have an impact on people's lives, we need to be where they are. And I think often in the Christian space, people are afraid of that because they don't want to consume it. Or they think if they put out a video on God, it's going to do well because it's about God. But maybe you need to, maybe you need to look at what's working in the marketplace and then adjust that to fit your demographic. And I think we need to learn how to niche down into certain areas and, yeah. and go all in on those. And, and it's like what I was saying beforehand is like putting your chips in areas that are working. I spend probably 10, 15 hours a week, literally just studying TikTok and what's working for other people. I'll be on their pages. I'll see, I'll break down their videos when they say certain things, uh, what's, what's making sense when they go live, when they're posting. And I, and I think that's necessary. If you want to be successful, you need to know what's working for other people and you need to do a lot of studying. And I, I'm just a researcher type of guy and I love studying and I love being on top of things. And I think if you learn how to be uh, at the forefront of culture and see where things are, are shifting and see where things are moving, then you can tap in to it early on. I think in the Christian space, we do a thing where uh, we tag, we grab onto things that are uh, cool a year ago in the, <laughs> in, the, the, in pop culture. And we'll be like, oh yeah, well that design style was trendy six months ago, but yeah. what's trending today? And I, I uh, think there needs to be a shift there in just the church culture uh, design uh, pop culture space in general is okay. Let's let's actually have a voice in these areas instead of being so behind the the ball that it looks cheesy, and yeah. that's just the way that it is most of the time. And I think there ne- I think more people need to be talking about that because it's like why is it that people in pop culture look at us as super cheesy when we have the creator of the universe, the most creative being ever imaginable, the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we should be the most creative people out there. We should have the best movie scripts. We should have the most angelic music. We should have the the most uh, front of the line design available, but we aren't. We're, we're seeing what worked a year ago and replicating it because it worked a it year ago. It was safe. It's because safe. it's safe, of course. Yeah. 
And I think people are afraid of failing and, uh, and afraid of looking dumb. And I think once you learn to squash that and just do things because you are testing and trying it out, I think you're going to automatically be at the forefront of, of where culture is moving. And so when it comes to TikTok and, and everything there is like, yeah, see what's working for other people find a way to bring that into your niche, into your space, and then make it cool. Don't just do trending sounds. I think, I think that was a thing. Like if, if you're at the forefront of TikTok and you know what's happening, you know where things are moving, you know that trending audio and sounds and stuff aren't what they were six months ago. Yeah. But most people in the space are like, oh, that's the only way to grow. But it's not true anymore. It was the only way to grow. Now you need to understand that the focus is an educational. The focus is long form talking content. And Knowing these shifts in the space is the only way to stay at the forefront of it. And so for you as um, like the senior leader role and you're the face, to what degree, if you could like, like this sounds like you are personally really involved, like you're spending it's time. It's only me now. I literally, it's just me. Okay. Because <laughs> you sold the business. Because I sold the business. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. This is interesting then. Yeah. Because that's like a lot of people who are thinking like, man, I don't have a team. Like yeah. it is just me. Like Same. I don't have, you know, I don't have a, you know, I think a lot of people are thinking like, that's nice for him. Cause he's got like these guys he can bring in to do all his videos yeah. and edits and be the researchers of TikTok. But what you're saying is just like the solo entrepreneur, the solo ministry leader, yeah. or like you have that level of resource right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. hundred percent. So you're making this a huge part of how you spend your work life. Yeah. Because I think it's the most important place. I think mm. I think if you're running a business, if you have a product, if you're trying to get something out there, you need to be focusing on being trendy or at least at the forefront of culture in those areas. So, for instance, I have a book come or that came out called "See the Good," yeah. and my focus was okay. How do I get more people to know about that book? And right now, most people spend hours and hours every single day on their phones. So I need to be where they're spending their time and I need to be putting out as much content as possible. I think in the past, it was a thing where it was like, oh, I'm going to spend all this time developing a 60 second video. I'm going to, I have a $10,000 budget to make it perfect, but that's no longer the case. I think yeah. in 2023, it's very much just you and your cell phone, your recording, your editing is done on the app. It doesn't have to be, uh, it doesn't have to be well-produced. It doesn't have to be, um, over the top by any means. And that allows you to spend more time just putting out content. In the past, it was quality over quantity. And now 100% in 2023, it's all about quantity over quality. Yeah. Get out as much as you can. I post three times a day on TikTok, one time a day on, on Instagram. And that's what works for me and my niche. But if you're running a business and you aren't posting three to five times a day, seven days a week on TikTok, you're falling behind. Right. And I mean, that just sounds for, for some people like that can feel super overwhelming. So obviously yeah. what you're talking about is like, make it low tech, yeah, make totally. like the right. resistance 
<laughs> like yeah. make less resistance for yourself. Throw up your camera and just start talking into it about sure. what you're doing, what you're passionate about. What you're talking about teaching content. Yeah. You're talking about. Um, I know you do these like mini Bible studies. Like yeah. you give like a, a Bible reflect. You're doing all this kind of stuff. And I'm sure again, you're constantly getting that information, being obsessed yeah. about the data, what's working, and and even in this, as we you know, I want to talk about this this book because I'm hearing. If people are paying attention, the undertones of this are in everything you're saying. See yeah. the good, finding grace, gratitude, and optimism in every day. I hear you speaking optimistically mm. about social media platforms yeah. as an opportunity to reach people, to be a like a bleeding edge contributor yeah. to culture, um, to whether sell a product or offer an idea, uh, yeah. hope, truth, love, you know, of, of the Christian message. Like I'm hearing that in how you talk. And actually yeah. a lot of people that I interview on this podcast are pretty negative about social yeah. media and there is lots to be negative about, but, but you're, um, by nature again, like it's, it's yeah. the Zach Wendell brand. You can't even yeah. help it. You're an optimistic <laughs> yeah. person and yeah. it's not optimism without the data. Yeah. So sure. where does that come from in you? Let's talk about that story. Um, you know, life isn't all rainbows and Skittles and sunshine and yeah. puppy dogs. 100%. Uh, so like, tell us about that. Like you, you are able to, I think, maintain this like hopeful optimism in yeah. the midst of the reality of life, not always being good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about because it. I think it's because I have a big picture view of life and reality mm -hmm. and where we're at. I think it's so easy to be consuming the news and consuming content on social media and think that the world is falling apart. But in reality, if you look at the facts and you look at the last 20 years alone, the world has grown and is succeeding in ways that most people wouldn't even believe. And so just knowing that and understanding that is like, wow, they're like, we're really advancing as humanity. And I think a lot of the times it comes down to what people are consuming. So a lot of people are negative about social media because the people they follow on social media are negative people. And, mm. and it's all about what you consume. And so if you put garbage in, garbage is going to come out. But if you put amazing things in, amazing things are going to come out. Philippians 4.8 is all about like whatever is true and beautiful and pure and worthy of praise. Paul says that we need to think about those things. And so it's all about filling our minds and our lives with those things. And I really believe that if you're able to do that and you're able to see kind of how God is moving in the world and to consume the good that's actually taking place, at the end, you're going to be much more hopeful and joy-filled. And that's not to disregard the bad at all. I have an entire chapter in the book all about doubting your faith, all about mm -hmm. grieving and knowing that like, yeah, really bad things happen. Bad things happen to me. Bad things have happened to you. And that's the reality of life. And it's not to disregard those at all. It's to push into those and know that on the other side, there is joy and there is hope and God is still moving in your life. And just having that realization and that confidence that God is a good God, it can change your entire life and change your entire future. Hmm. Well, and it's almost what I'm hearing you say is this idea of like curating your life, like curating yeah, the content, like the garbage in, garbage out. For sure. I just on a personal note, I became 
um, kind of hyper aware in 2022 of how much I'm a bit of a news junkie. Yeah. I've grown up in a house that loves, like my dad would like watch the BBC British European news every night at six o'clock or whatever. Like I just grew up in a house full of news, but the reality is most news, what sells is the bad news. It's like, they're not telling you the good news story of, uh, you know, news is to tell you all the worst things that are happening in the world. And I became aware of like, wow, like, what I was curating in my life, I was starting the day with yeah, the news for sure. on, and like it was bad news. It's like that was how I was starting my day, and it was like it affects how your whole day is going to go. Yeah. Um. So, what does that look like for you, even around like, um, do you have some routines or rituals, things that you're doing in your everyday, yeah, that are to be a, more aware of what you're letting influence you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I call them holy habits. And I think everybody should uh, adapt them into their lives in whatever way works best for you. So I see it as broken down into um, developing habits in the spiritual, mental and physical space. Mm -hmm. So that might mean I spend uh, 20 minutes reading a chapter from the Bible, spend 15 minutes in prayer. Um, I read a few different devotionals in the morning. I'll spend a little bit of time journaling and maybe for the over the course of an hour or so, I'm filling my mind with the word, with worship, with prayer, with uh, devotionals and, and uh, letting my thoughts out as well. And then I spend time writing what I'm grateful for and, and, and the good things that are happening in my life and what I'm learning in the moment. And then I also make sure to take care of myself physically. So mm-hmm. working out four to five times a week, uh, I make sure that I eat clean 80% of the time. I still love a cheeseburger for sure, but just making sure that I'm like consuming stuff good 80% of the time. And if you do yeah. that, it's like, oh yeah, then you can go ham the other 20%, whatever you want. But I really believe that all three of those areas, mental, physical, and spiritual, they all play into each other. So if we want to love people well, and we aren't taking care of ourselves, we aren't going to be able to, to the best of our ability. But if we feel good and we're filled up, uh, mentally and physically, we're going to be able to love the people around us, be more aware, be more focused, be more uh, consistent with with um, just our daily habits and, and um, reaching out to the people around us. And I think if we're able to work on those holy habits in our lives, we're able to live out the, the Great Commission and, and love others um, much better. And I think a lot of people like you were talking about consuming the news right away. And that's like the majority of people do that. I think people need to get more accustomed to using the mute feature on on Instagram. Mm. I think if you're following somebody that uh, makes you feel some type of way inside and you're like, man, every time I see their picture, they piss me off. Or like that person always makes me negative. You can mute them. Like you don't need to follow them. You aren't going to hurt their feelings if you mute them. Like it's okay. And I think as adults, it's like we're still following people from high school 20 years ago on Facebook. And it's like, it doesn't matter if Jane cares about me following her still. She's not going to feel bad because I unfollowed her and we had PE class together. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, like- It's okay to make these changes and 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 I think if we're able to do that and we're able to 
maybe follow a few people that inspire us or follow a few good news sources. And we're able to see, man, there is more faith in humanity than mm-hmm. I really thought there was. But that's a, that's a hard thing to do because we're all ingrained with what's called a negativity bias, where the majority of people have it deep in their DNA, where if 10 things happen in a day, nine of them are really good and one of them is really bad, we think about the bad one. And yeah. then throughout the day, it's, it always snowballs to be more negativity, more and more and more. It's like you get cut off in traffic, then you spill coffee on your pants, and then you're late to work, and then a meeting doesn't go well, and then the person at the front desk says something with an attitude, and you aren't sure if they meant it to be an attitude. And it's like, it just progresses all day long, which turns into like a quote unquote bad day for us. When in reality, there are nine things that were great in our day. And if we learn to focus on those and not disregard the bad one, but realize like, man, 90% of my day was actually either neutral or awesome. Mm -hmm. It wasn't actually a bad day. And it's just understanding that and having that big picture perspective and changing your, uh, the way that you view life. And if you're able to do that, man, it unlocks something in you and your life will be completely different. I want to pause this conversation with Zach because he's not just talking about his own transformation in this episode, but he's also talking about transforming how you think about and approach social media and the work as a whole. How do we transform even our minds about what we do? But I think transformation can feel like a buzzword these days. And like, what does transformation even look like? Well, one of the places I think that transformation is so evident is in the stories of former Compassion sponsors children. That's graduates or alumni of the Compassion Program who are now adults and are telling their stories of how sponsorship impacted them. Like Rhea, who is originally from the Philippines, she has this impactful line in her story. Knowing someone actually cares for you, it changes you from the inside out. Rhea's story is powerful and it highlights how being a sponsor built Christ-like confidence in her through her sponsor and it empowered her to really take her future into her own hands and a future free from poverty. Today, she's passionate and an advocate for kids and sponsors and is of course a sponsor herself of a child in the community where she grew up. It's an amazing story of how child sponsorship can be um, one to the next to the next, each life transforming the next. So child sponsorship does transform lives. And if you're looking for a way to make that kind of impact with your life, with your money, with your time, with your resources, I want you to check out child sponsorship at compassion.ca slash if only. The link is going to be down in the show notes. You can see more about Rhea's story, more about people like her. Check it out. Compassion.ca slash if only. Okay, back to the conversation with Zach. Yeah, it's 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 not like you're describing being naive. Yeah. Um, you're not talking about naivete, like totally. just ignore, you know, yeah. all this bad stuff. You you are living with like a sober understanding of like yeah. life is full. It's not just like, well, you're a Christian, everything's going to go well, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. And we know that's not true. We we don't yeah. live that reality every day. For sure. But but what you're talking about, it's so isn't that so the case like yeah. you can rem- like you look at whether it was like a report card from when you were a kid or yeah. uh you know like you make a mistake on some grade 11 11th grade test yeah. and yeah. like you I I don't know, but like you still remember 
the wrong answer for sure. for, like because it like eats away at you that one wrong yeah. thing or like that one piece of criticism it is as you say it is that human nature to look at that and yeah. so we have to be intentional and that's what i'm hearing yeah. you describe yeah. i'm hearing like a lot of if i may su- say success that you've had is yeah. coming from this optimistic view like like you're looking at the data and you're yeah. saying like <laughs> on the business side you said like eight out of 10 of these things, they didn't work. Yeah. And so sure. you can say like, oh, that means I'm no good at social media. Like my TikTok yeah. sucks. It's not going anywhere. What a waste of time. Or you can say like these two seem to be popping off. Yeah. So like, totally. let's lean into that or you know, in sure. the same, in, like you're, you're not talking about ignoring the data yeah, <laughs> or ignoring sure. the real stuff going on in your life. And, and with social media, it, the entire framework and field changes every three to six months. Mm. So we, we can't be focused on what did work and then not trying new things and shifting. So if I post 21 times a week, seven of those posts are usually like risks or I'm trying something new because I want to see, okay, is that where uh, my what I'm talking about is shifting to? I'm going to keep doing what is working, but I'm also going to be trying new things at the same time because I know that what's working now isn't going to work in six to nine months. It's yeah. just the reality of it and it's going to change. And so just always being aware of, okay, I'm going to test new stuff and see what people want. And I think as a creative or as an artist, we're, we're very much in love with our product and what we think is cool and where our artistic nature is. But a lot of the times that doesn't sell. And, mm-hmm. and back in the day, like in the nineties, we called it like selling out because you're, you're making what the masses want. But I think that's just poor business now. I think if you are creating, <laughs> yeah, it's called selling, like yeah, you yeah, yeah. sell something. <laughs> yeah. Right. If you, if you have a product or you really believe that you have something and, and you want it to impact people's lives, you need to get their views on it. You need to get their feedback and you need to give people what they want. And so if people want uh, what you're talking about to be shifted a little bit from what you would typically, like I, if I, if I were to make everything I would spend, I would post one time a day. It would be a, a deep dive on scripture and it would be very like, informational, intellectual, academic, because that's what I love to consume, but my audience doesn't want that. And so I post three times a day, two of them are devotionals that I just read. And one of them is something simple that they can sit with throughout the day, whether it's like three things to pray before they wake up or if uh, three Bible verses to focus on if they're uh, anxious and knowing that like, okay, that's what my audience is. That's what want. That's what they want. That's what performs well. I'm going to give them that. And it's not, it's not uh, disregarding like where you're at and you aren't like doing something wrong. You're literally just giving people what they yeah. come to you for. And like when you're doing that, like, do you think about like, um, are you trying to sell in every TikTok video that you're making? Is it like every couple days? Oh, by the way, I've got this product. I mean, I understand that like your, your world has shifted recently with the sale of your business, but like, are you, are you like, has, what have you learned about that? Like. Because no. I think a lot of people, they're using like everything they want. Everything's a sales pitch. Yeah, don't at all. <laughs> like I legit. So I posted a like sales 
TikTok yesterday, which was like, hey, this is my book. This is what it's about. I hadn't done that in three weeks. Mm -hmm. And I think the more value you can provide to somebody, they're going to come to you and they're going to realize that you're an author. They're going to realize your products later on. But if you can just provide value, 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 then when you do ask for a sale, they are, they're going to feel like, man, they've given me so much value. I feel yeah. like I owe them a $15 purchase of their book. Yeah. And so literally January 5th of last year, I said, for the next 11 months until my book comes out, I'm going to post three to five times a day, no matter what happens. And I'm not even going to like mention products. Mm -hmm. And so I literally did that. And that's just how we grew and gained uh, gained a following up until then. And then when the book came out, yeah, I was posting every day for a week about it just to let people know. And I was going live on, on TikTok for an hour every day and um, getting a bunch of people to come in that way. And I was talking about it for sure, but I was doing it in a way that was more unique and I, it wasn't in your face. Even with Instagram now is like, like there's smiley faces on my book. And so I post a scripture with the the branding of the book, but it doesn't say see the good anywhere. It's just that. Or I'll yeah. post a um, like a, a poster that's like hung up in the city that has a phrase on it from the book, but I won't even say that it's from the book. And, and I think if you learn to put out content that people are going to enjoy, they're going to come to you to see what else you're about and what else you have out there. And then when you do release a product and you mention it in some social media channel, they're going to feel obligated to purchase from you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just uh, kind of the way I talk about it is this idea of like copy versus content. Yeah. Like a lot of what we're doing is just copy. We just need to yeah. like, as you say, add value, talk yeah. about, talk about things that people care about, find out what people care about and talk yeah. to them about these things that totally. connect with them. And then the content is like every once in a while. Yeah. By the way, there's this yeah. product, there's this event we want you to come to. There's this thing we want you to, whatever, For but sure. it's building the, it's building that relationship. So, it's just good business. It's like, yeah. like everybody that has a product should have some sort of lead generation or like some sort of freebie that they give. So like if, like if you have a product on your website, you should have like right away, hey, you can download this PDF, you can get a free book, whatever, if you enter your email. Yeah. And then they put their email into a, a flow where you get 10 to 12 emails that are also value. And then on the 12th one, you ask for the sale. And that's yeah. literally just good marketing. And that's how everybody yeah. should be doing it. And so with your, let's talk um, just real practically about your workflow. When you're talking about releasing this much content, are you working on it every day? Like, are you yeah. like, before we hit hit up this call together, were you like working all morning on yeah. TikTok content? Are you like, are you filming like, do you have like one day a week where you make all your content? Yeah. How does, how does that just, because again, I'm thinking of you as like now on this side of selling the business, you're the one man company again. Totally. So how does that as like a one man show, yeah. how does how does that actually play out so yeah. that you're not spending all of your time on and, TikTok? And I think this is really good. I think people need to hear this because talking about posting three to five times a day is, is super overwhelming, but it yeah. really doesn't have to be. So it's figuring out how to make the video not take a lot of time to produce. And so every Monday I will shoot 14 of them and it takes me about an hour uh, and that includes editing. 
And so that's, that's my, my two devotionals every day. So I read morning devotionals and I read evening devotionals. And so that's 14 right there. They take a minute each to shoot and they and take those devotionals. Are you writing those in advance no. or are you getting those from like a I'm devotional reading from a yeah. random book? Yeah. And that's just what people want. Yeah. And then it takes two minutes to edit each one of them and put it in my drafts. So right there, Monday over the course of an hour and a half, I, no matter what, have two posts every single day, already good to go in my draft. So then yeah. on Tuesday morning, I just press post. Yeah. And then, so then I, I know that I have seven, five to seven other videos that I'm going to create throughout the week. And so I know which type I'm going to shoot every day. So today is Thursday. I know that I have a, a three video. So it's like three things to pray when you're dealing with anxiety, whatever the yeah. case is. And it might take me five minutes to write it and it'll take me one minute to shoot it and two minutes to edit it. And so now I'm good for the day. And so then, so 14 on Monday and then each day I shoot one typically, but the video might take me 10 minutes to create, but I'm going to spend time on the app, seeing what other people are doing, seeing what's working. And I'm going to be brainstorming a lot, but when it comes to actually creating it, it's going to take me 10 minutes a day. And so it's not that much. It's not yeah. over the top. Like even my Instagram posts, I will create them all on Monday for the entire week. And they might take me an hour max to do because I see everything as systems and I see, okay, how can I put, uh, how can I, how can I have it set up where every Monday I post this every Tuesday, this every Wednesday, this. So now I know Monday morning, I know exactly what I'm going to post for the week. I just need to make it customized for that week. And so, and are it, you like changing out? I mean, getting real practical. Are you changing yeah. outfits? Are you changing the back? Like, are you moving around the house to film in different locations? No. It doesn't it's matter. All, it doesn't matter. Lighting Hear that, or, people. It doesn't matter. Lighting and uh, and good audio is the best thing you could ever do. So I have two big lights that I have up like this. Like soft um, boxes or something. Soft boxes on each side of me. I have a mic that I bought for $10 on Amazon. It goes <laughs> into my phone. It yeah. doesn't have to be fancy at all. I think the I think the lights cost me 60 bucks. The mic cost me 10. I have like a dongle that goes from the mic to the, my phone that costs seven bucks maybe. Yeah. And I have a tripod. And yeah. literally for under a hundred bucks, you have a full setup right there. Yeah. And so good. make sure your lighting is good. And that's all that matters. People aren't going to be like, oh, you wore the same shirt yesterday. No, it what? <laughs> and they like, may not even see yesterday's content. That's part of most of the time. That's part they of the, the aha for people. Yeah. They may only see one out of every twenty things you post. The way 100%. it works, and yes. so it doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. And people can get people are getting so hung up on like um, the content has to be perfect. The no. the tech has to be better. And what what you're saying is it's about consistency. It's yes. about a system. Yep. That can allow you to push out a ton of content with as yep. li little resistance as possible. Don't overcomplicate it. Yep. That's the game Look right good, now. sound good, have a great hook and provide yeah. value and understand your customer. Like yeah. I think so often we're like, oh, well, my customer is all of these different types of people from the age of 20 to 60. No, 
You need to pick who your customer is. You need to give them a name. You need to create an avatar around them. Yeah. Give them their their uh, their age, their gender, their what they're interested in, who they are, what they do on the weekend. And then when you're creating content, you're creating it for that person. Yeah. And you aren't going to ever share that uh, anywhere, but you're going to be thinking about them everything you create is going to be for them. So now it's going to be consistent. Yes, I have a lot of people that are 65 years old that read and consume my content and comment way more than the 26-year-olds. But when I'm creating content, I'm creating it for that 26-year-old female right. because I know that that now my everything I do is going to be consistent and it's going to be well-rounded. Uh, Zach, it's so good. Uh write this book next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and, and I want people to kind of like, you know, at some level, just like watch the space, see what Zach is up to. I don't know what you can say about what you're building, planning, dreaming of now. If there's anything you can share, would yeah. love to hear it. But if not, just like, where do you want to point people to yeah. watch the space and see what you're up to next? Totally. My main focus right now is see the good. Uh, so pushing this book yeah. and I'm, I'm really going to go all in on speaking in the next couple of years. Mm. So I really want to speak at events and, uh, and college campuses and, uh, businesses and not necessarily, I mean, yes, churches, if, if they would have me, but I, I want to focus on that, see the good, uh, understanding of, of life and really shifting your perspective to see how God is moving and, and speak in, in those places. Um, and then really just kind of going all in on, on social media. I'm starting to lead trips to Israel. So I'm doing a trip to Israel in March. Awesome. It's going to be a blast. Um, but mainly TikTok, Instagram. And if anybody wants me to uh, come speak at their business or chapel service or anything. And um, if people uh, want to go to Israel with you, is that closed or? Uh... No, it's open. We have like, we have, I think 20 some uh, spots left. So awesome. it's in March and we're going for 10 days and it's going to be insane. Yeah. Amazing. So I, I, went, about... I went to Israel. If everyone should put it on their list, it's like yeah. a life experience. You don't, if you can get there, get totally. there. If you can get there with Zach, get there with Zach. For sure. <laughs> and more info on that trip is on uh, ZachWindall.com. Awesome. So. Hey, Zach, thanks so much. Uh, as always, you have been like really generous. You've shared yeah. kind of underneath the hood. Uh, yeah. I think it's inspiring. It's optimistic. It is. I love how you practice what you're writing about. Grace, gratitude, optimism. You live it every day. doesn't mean it's perfect. You're imperfectly living it every day. But um, I am so glad to get you in front of people if they haven't heard about you until now. Um, I think you're doing something really unique in this space. And and I think it's an encouragement to everyone. I think people are going to come off this podcast feeling inspired to go out there and post their TikToks <laughs> three, four times a day. Let's go. Yes. So go thanks more. so much for joining Thank us you. again. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Zach, for that conversation. Next up on the podcast, next week we have Chelsea and Nick Hurst. Do you know them? Have you seen them? They are YouTubers and more than that, they're YouTube famous. These are like million plus subscribers. We're talking about what does it mean when like millions of people 
watch and lean in to your love story, to your wedding, and to your life. How do you manage influence? How do you steward that well when you're growing up on the internet? Uh, If it's not for you, it's for people in your life. So we'd love for you to share this episode around with people around you. And thanks, of course, to our sponsors, Compassion Canada, Lifting Children from Poverty in Jesus' Name, and the new podcast, Scripture Untangled by the Canadian Bible Society. Go check that out. Links for all that stuff is down in the show notes as well. If you are listening, I want you to go check out the YouTube version. If you're on the YouTube version, why don't you rate and review on the podcast version? Anything you can do to help get this into um, your ears and eyeballs more often, but of course, also to other people. As you engage with the content, it sends it out to more people so they can find it. That's how the algorithms work and uh, we got to play the game. So we'd love if you could help us do that. It means a lot. If this helped you, share it with somebody else. Tell somebody about it. Give us a rate. All right. Uh, we'll see you this week on YouTube. We got tons of tutorials. We've got a back catalog now of tutorial content helping you communicate the best news in the world. We've got all kinds of podcasts for you to catch up on. If you haven't, go scroll through. If a name, a topic stands out to you, tap it, give it a listen. I hope you have a great week and we'll see you next week with some million sub YouTubers. Bye for now.